Whenever it snows out here, it's, it's very slippery. Brace for it, BC gets ready for an Arctic blast. Throughout uh, all of the days of operations, not a single clue has been located. The search for a missing woman on Vancouver Island intensifies. Aside from a bit of thievery, they're, you know, relatively okay neighbors. And an alleged port porch pirate charged after the VPD returns thousands of dollars in stolen Christmas gifts. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Sarah is off tonight. We begin with breaking news. One man has been hospitalized after a shooting in Surrey. It happened just before 3.30 this afternoon in Cloverdale. Surrey RCMP were called to a report of shots fired in the 6400 block of 188th Street. Police say the victim was found in the 18900 block of Fraser Highway nearby, suffering from gunshot wounds. A black Jeep with what appeared to be multiple bullet holes in the windshield was also behind yellow tape at that scene. RCMP say the victim is expected to survive and is receiving medical treatment. No one has been arrested and police are asking anyone with dash cam video near 188th Street and 64th Avenue from between 3 and 3.30 p.m. to contact them. A snowfall warning is now in effect across most of the south coast with significant snow expected to fall amid plummeting temperatures for the next week. Travis Persaud has more on how people are being advised to be prepared, especially following another snowstorm just last month. A calm start to Saturday in this North Vancouver neighborhood. Snowflakes blanketing trees, houses and vehicles. But when the snow sticks, a quiet day... Can turn chaotic. Look no further than the last snowstorm on November 29th. Total gridlock. Quick commutes becoming hours-long expeditions. Our advice to residents is to only take the essential trips. Crews in Vancouver have been salting and brining all week in anticipation of a second round of snow, followed by a blast of freezing cold temperatures. We focus our treatment on major roads, on bus routes, on bridges, bridge sidewalks, on... Um, the routes to schools and hospitals. It's tough to stay off the roads this time of year. People are heading out to holiday gatherings and doing their Christmas shopping. If I get my stuff done today, then I'm not going to be too worried about it because I can just stay home. <laughs> I wish they're more prepared and there's more plowing and sanding before people get on the road. I don't know if they can do that, but I'm hoping so because it's stressful. If you plan on driving. We always suggest that people's vehicles are equipped for winter driving. So, for example, snow tires. The city of Surrey has 50 trucks ready to salt the streets. The priority will be major arterials and hills. Once those are completed, um, then we will move on to our priority twos, which are collector roads. Always give a lot of room to the snowplow so that they can do the work that they have to do. Back in Vancouver, warming centers for the homeless are open and expected to be busy, with temperatures dropping anywhere from 5 to 10 degrees. Icy conditions likely to be a hazard, not just for drivers. Residents are reminded to clear their sidewalks. To do that uh, promptly really helps prevent the buildup of ice on the sidewalks and really helps to keep the city safe. Travis Prasad, Global News. 
For more on the snow and freezing temperatures to come, here's meteorologist Yvonne Schell with a timeline of the system still to come. Yvonne. Julie, we're going to be tracking, especially late this evening and taking us in towards our Sunday. So a heads up as early as the morning hours. We'll have that snowfall and then it intensifies as we get in through the day. Snowfall warning for Metro Vancouver. We've got five and up to 10 centimeters, but higher amounts will be the Fraser Valley. Eastern regions, 10 and up to 20 centimeters is possible as we get in through the day. And if you're traveling along the Sea to Sky areas near Howe, Sound could see upwards of 15 centimeters. Big concern along the mountain passes will be along the Coquihalla from Hope to Merritt. We could see up to 20 centimeters. We've got strong outflow winds. The wind chills will be the big weather story. I'll have more on that coming up. Also, a quick snapshot along the mountain passes once again, the Coquihalla, Sea to Sky. We could see upwards of 10 and 20 centimeters falling late this evening, continuing through the morning hours. And once again, those frigid temperatures, how cold it will be and how long it will last coming up shortly. Julie? All right, thank you, Yvonne. This winter storm will plunge some parts of B.C. into a deep freeze, and that has some organizations in the Okanagan stepping up to help those experiencing homelessness. Jaden Wozni reports. Okanagan residents have been warned. We are heading into a deep freeze. And that has many people worried about what will happen to the unhoused population in the region. The Kelowna Gospel Mission tries to provide shelter for those in need, but resources are limited. Outreach teams will be heading out on a daily basis during the cold snap, providing basic needs like warm clothing and hot meals. We got a lot of people who are pretty darn cold. And you can see um, they're hurt, they're sick. And, and they're scared. For those who are outside, we're still providing tents, sleeping bags, uh, little uh, warmers for their hands, and of course, uh, three meals a day. The executive director of the Kelowna Gospel Mission, Carmen Rempel, adds that while cold snaps aren't preventable, keeping people off the streets is. She wants to see the city of Kelowna step up by building more shelters and permanent housing. Cold weather comes every year, and people always ask, like, what can we do about it? We need a diversity of shelters, and we need a diversity of housing options for people who are experiencing homelessness. That's the answer. The city of Kelowna offering a break from the cold by sending a warming bus to this encampment while the frigid temperatures persist. But the bus is only available from 10 at night until 6 in the morning. Jaden Wozni, Global News, Kelowna. Now to a dangerous 24 hours on Metro Vancouver roads, four separate collisions that sent four people to hospital. RCMP are on the lookout for a hit-and-run driver who left a woman in Surrey with severe injuries. The pedestrian was struck in the 13300 block of Old Yale Road in the Wally area just before 5 o'clock last night. Police are looking for the driver of a mint green Dodge Caravan that drove off. RCMP are also seeking witnesses and dash cam video from along Old Yale between 132nd Street and King George Boulevard. In Abbotsford now, and a woman is in hospital with serious injuries after she was struck by a vehicle in Abbotsford last night. Officers responded to the incident at Bavan Avenue and Gladwin Road at around 7.45 last night. The suspect vehicle did not remain on the scene, but was quickly located by police. The driver has been identified and is now being questioned by officers. The Abbotsford Police Department is asking any witnesses or anyone who has dash cam footage of the area around the time of the incident to reach out to them. 
to Burnaby now, where a man is in hospital with life-threatening injuries after he was struck by a vehicle last night. It happened at the intersection of Patterson Avenue and Central Boulevard. Burnaby RCMP say the driver remained on scene and is cooperating with police. Speed and alcohol are not believed to be factors in the collision. Anyone who witnessed this accident just before 10 p.m. is asked to contact Burnaby RCMP. And one person was taken to hospital after their Tesla vehicle struck a pole in Maple Ridge. It happened just after 10.30 p.m. around Lowheed Highway and Maple, Maple Meadows Way. Ridge Meadows RCMP say the driver was the sole occupant of the Tesla and no other vehicles were involved. The driver was hospitalized with minor injuries. Police say alcohol was a factor in the incident. The search expanded significantly today for a hiker on Vancouver Island who's been missing for the past week. Melissa McDevitt was last seen spotted heading out on the Soup Potholes area. Today, 170 personnel from 17 search teams fanned out across the region, hoping the increased numbers will help locate the 38-year-old. Paul Johnson has the latest. The search area north of Souk is thick coastal forest that extends up into the interior of Vancouver Island. By Saturday, 170 searchers from across the province were involved in the mission to locate Melissa McDevitt, which after seven days is now being considered a recovery operation. Throughout uh, all of the days of operations, not a single clue has been located uh, to provide any indication of the whereabouts of Melissa. The only clue they had from the outset was this. Surveillance video of the 38-year-old setting out for a hike last week, lightly dressed with hiking poles. When McDevitt missed a planned flight from Victoria, her family got concerned and her car was located near a trailhead in the Charters Creek area. Virtually at this spot was, was captured on video camera heading to the trails behind me and has not been seen since. McDevitt is an avid outdoors person, but also has a rare genetic condition called triple X syndrome, which affects women and girls and can have cognitive effects that lead to risk-taking behavior. Her father, Tom, had traveled up from North Carolina to assist in the search, but by Saturday had started the long drive back home with his daughter's car. As the days had gone by, Tom McDevitt was facing the likelihood that the search may not locate his daughter alive. It's equally important that we just have a recovery and that we can have closure for our family and take our daughter home. Paul Johnson, Global News. Family members of a missing 43-year-old Kelowna man are praying for a miracle this Christmas and pleading to the public for any information on his whereabouts. Joseph Driscoll was last seen on November 12th, just before 2 a.m., captured on video outside a Valley View motel in Kamloops. His family believes he was seeking shelter at the time. His sister, Emma Driscoll, has been making the two-hour commute daily to Kamloops in search of any clues that could lead her lead her to her brother. You want to bring him home and of course it's that, that season where you're just like, you just, you just want them to be home and at this point we really just don't know what to grieve. And they are hoping that when warmer weather comes and people are accessing their backyards a little bit more that they might be, we might be able to have some success in finding him. 
I think for any family member, though, to hear that you have to wait until spring is just completely heartbreaking. Members of Kamloops Search and Rescue have conducted three searches, but with no success. His co-workers have offered up a $10,000 reward for any information on his whereabouts. RCMP are asking anyone who lives or works near Valley View to search their property. In the South Okanagan now, a tragic end to a garage fire in Oliver earlier this week. A man has died from the injuries he sustained early Thursday morning when a garage caught fire on a property on Island Way Road. Fire crews discovered the man inside when they arrived at the scene. He was rushed to hospital with serious burns but later died. A homeowner who was working on a car inside was killed. I understand... Uh from statements made by his family that uh, he was working on the car, it backfired, uh, caught on fire, and subsequently caught him on fire. The fire did spread to nearby trees, but crews were able to contain it to the garage. A large fire that broke out in an East Vancouver neighborhood last night is considered suspicious. Flames shot up into the night sky after the fire broke out in the site of a home under construction on East 32nd Avenue and Argyle Street just after 9 p.m. By the time firefighters arrived, the fire had spread to two occupied neighboring homes. Fortunately, no injuries have been reported, but residents of the two adjacent homes have been displaced given the extensive damage to the properties. The houses on both sides have extensive, extensive damage. The house on the north side... The upper floors are completely gone with uh, roof collapse and it has spread into a couple of rooms with extensive smoke and water damage um, to the south side. More than 40 firefighters responded to the three-alarm fire. A convicted killer from Alberta has been sentenced to 18 months probation for two Vancouver vandalism sprees. 48-year-old Curtis George McCallum was caught on video twice in five weeks, smashing the windows of the TD Bank on the edge of Gastown. The September damage was estimated at upwards of $70,000, while the second hit in October caused an excess of $300,000 in damage. McCallum pleaded guilty to two counts of mischief. His criminal history dates back to Edmonton, where he was sentenced to nine years in prison for manslaughter and aggravated assault in the Christmas Eve killing of his aunt in 2006 and the stabbing of her common-law husband. According to the Crown, McCallum committed the costly mischief because he doesn't have shelter. Saanich police are asking for your help to identify this pair in connection with an October assault in the detergent aisle of a grocery store. The two suspects, described as being in their early 20s and approximately 5 feet 10 inches tall, made a clean getaway. If you know who they are, you're asked to contact Greater Victoria Crime Stoppers. Still to come, tis the season for crimes of opportunity following a Vancouver police investigation. An alleged porch pirate is facing charges after a raid on a Burnaby home. What we found out when the news hour returns. With less than a week until Christmas, porch pirates are hard at work as home deliveries pick up. And as Kristen Robinson reports, Vancouver police say thousands of dollars in stolen presents have been reunited with the rightful owners after a month-long investigation targeting suspect suspected parcel thieves. It's the season for giving and taking. People are watching homes to see, you know, all the Amazon trucks and all the delivery trucks coming and going. Porch pirates waiting to pounce 
or, says the head of Metro Vancouver Crime Stoppers, even following delivery drivers before moving in. And just watching them to drop off uh, parcels, and oftentimes they'll even leave parcels and take your values and leave you empty boxes. They're becoming quite a havoc in terms of our celebrations and stealing millions upon millions of dollars of merchandise each year. From September through the first week of December, 146 package thefts were reported to Vancouver police who say parcel theft increases every year during the holidays. I heard them, you know, say VPD, we are executing the search warrant. Earlier this month, the VPD's property crime unit busted an alleged porch pirate during a raid at this Burnaby home. When I came out here, there were several police officers in the front and there were a couple back here. Dozens of stolen Christmas presents were allegedly seized from the Kitchener Street address. Well, they took uh, some bike parts, but they tended to take a lot of stuff away in those uh, rubber-made bins. I was quite surprised because I saw it on the website that they recovered all these parcels, like golf clubs. 59-year-old James Donald Wood has been charged with two counts of theft. Wood's criminal history includes convictions for break and enter, possessing or using a stolen credit card, causing someone to use a forged document, possessing stolen property, and trafficking in stolen property. Aside from the bit of thievery, they're, you know, relatively okay neighbors. No one answered the door when Global News stopped by. Wood remains in custody for a court appearance December 22nd. Police urging online shoppers to have parcels sent to a neighbor, the office, or a postal box if no one will be home to receive them. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Another warning tonight about holiday scams as text messages offering fake rebates are circulating once again. Beware texts of the, like these asking you to click on a link to receive a rebate or payment. Recently, British Columbians have received phony messages about a $500 payment from the BC Gas Assistance Program, which does not exist. Fuel rebate scams are announcing deposits and encouraging you to reply to get your rebate. Fraudsters are also spoofing Amazon and claiming your payment method has been declined. And to click on a link to restore access, do not click on any links. Legitimate rebates and credits will not be applied via text message. Another illness that's causing concern for parents still to come. What you need to know about Strep A and how to keep your kids safe from this deadly infection when we come back. Plus, we'll tell you about the tiny stowaway that now has a new life with special newcomers to Canada. That story as the news hour continues. Three-day sit-in strike happening in cities across Canada, including Vancouver, ended today as the weekly rally got underway. People are demanding Canadian MPs politically sponsor political Iranian prisoners like Germany and many other European countries have. Today's rally in downtown Vancouver focused on executions and the indiscriminate killing of Iranians seeking freedom on the streets. We are so worried about the detainees, many of them facing execution and we want Canadian uh, Parliament, Canadian Member of Parliament, take their uh, sponsorship of these executives and all the political prisoners because some of them are dying under torture and their family find a body, you know, like in a few days. 
Demonstrators in Vancouver say the executions are a tactical move by the Islamic Republic to instill fear and overwhelm people. The regime has also arrested one of the country's most famous actresses, Tarani Aladoste. The salesman star was detained a week after expressing solidarity on Instagram with those facing the death penalty. Hockey Canada's provincial and territorial members have elected a new board of directors. The vote happened at the organization's annual winter meeting. Retired judge and former Olympic sprinter Hugh Fraser is the new chair, while former women's national team captain Cassie Campbell-Pascal will fill one of the other nine seats. The previous board stepped down in October following controversy related to how it handled sexual assault allegations and payout to victims. Two more Canadian families are struggling with the tragic deaths of their children, this time from Strep A. Although health officials say these cases are manageable, there are still some symptoms to watch out for. Mike Drolet reports on what signs parents should look out for. In Montreal, two children under the age of two have died as a result of invasive Strep A. In the UK, 16 children have died over the past few months. And in the U.S., the Center for Disease Control is investigating a sudden rise in bacterial infections. The numbers aren't overwhelming, but public health agencies are still asking the question, why are we seeing more cases this year? The short answer is we don't know, but it's, it, it's not, it wouldn't be surprising if this was in relation to a large burden of influenza and other respiratory viral infections. We know and we've known for decades that there's an association that after influenza, there's a larger there's a larger chance of people getting group A streptococcal infections. Three weeks ago, nine-year-old Ayla Lozith was taken to a Kelowna ER. Doctors treated her for the influenza virus, but her symptoms worsened after returning home, and she ultimately died from strep A. The bacterial infection is dangerous when it becomes invasive and moves into the bloodstream, causing sepsis. It's also hard to recognize because its earliest symptoms, fever and sore throat, are similar to the flu. Less common symptoms include scarlet fever, scabs and sores, as well as joint pain and swelling. And in severe cases, pneumonia. The World Health Organization and the CDC say the risk to the general public is currently low. Public health, meanwhile, is telling doctors to be aware and advising parents to take the precautions we've all become familiar with. You know, the vaccine, of course, isn't perfect, but it can mitigate the severity of influenza. And, uh, and you know, that'll go a long way in obviously protecting from the flu and all its complications. And then, of course, it will also protect against many of the downstream effects that we know can happen after the flu, like secondary bacterial infections, including group A streptococcus. The vast majority of children who get strep A will avoid serious complications. And invasive strep A, when caught early, is treatable with antibiotics. Microlay Global News, Toronto. Still to come, a visit to Santa with special considerations. We'll tell you how St. Nick is helping kids on the spectrum to get comfortable when the news hour continues. It's hoped Christmas will be a little bit brighter for hundreds of families thanks to a Vancouver charity group. Volunteers with the City Reach Care Society wrapped, packed and delivered boxes of lot live to the doorsteps of up to 700 families. Boxes contain both wrapped gifts and grocery cards for families facing poverty and other challenges, particularly right now with the soaring cost of living. 
these kids that are receiving this, uh, it lets them know that somebody's in their corner, that somebody else cares for them, and it gives them hope. Hope for a brighter tomorrow, hope for a better future. And it's a small little gesture, but hope can go a long way. City Reach has donated boxes of love annually to families for more than 20 years. Well, Yvonne is back, and Yvonne, I'm not sure I was uh, <laughs> wanting to hear your forecast today. <laughs> should we skip it? Yeah. Maybe we should yeah, just, skip, just it. skip it. Okay, but anybody who wants to be prepared, especially for Sunday, if you are planning on heading out the front door, thanks, Julie. It's nice to have you with us as well this evening. We are going to start to see the snow pick up, especially later this evening, and then leading in towards our Sunday. It'll intensify even as we get in towards the afternoon. Right now, it's spotty for a few spots along the North Shore Mountains, but the bulk of it is going to start to push in late this evening. Timeline once again as we get in through Sunday, Metro Vancouver 5 and up to 10 centimeters. Areas into the Fraser Valley could see upwards of 20. And with the wind chills, it'll be a big weather story that will continue to follow through the week, likely even by our Friday. Tuesday through Thursday will be the coldest. Wind chills anywhere between minus 10. Areas into the Fraser Valley feeling like minus 20 will need to bundle up. So once again, the snowfall warning for the south coast, Metro Vancouver extending into the Fraser Valley. An area of concern will be along the Coquihalla from Hope to Merritt, where we could see up to 20 centimeters. And along the Sea to Sky, we could see up to 15 centimeters. We're seeing those strong outflow winds continuing along the northern half of the province. The wind chills, areas near the Jacolton could see them feeling closer to minus 40, and that cold Arctic air will settle in right across the province. Higher amounts along the Sea to Sky, as well as the Coquihalla, so check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions, but some of the heaviest snowfall along the mountain passes will continue for the morning hours. I anticipate a bit of a break if you're planning on traveling towards the afternoon. There is that wave of snow for all areas along the south coast, extending in towards the southern interior. Once we get past tomorrow, we'll have a brief break between systems. This will be Monday through the day, even with some sunshine. And then the next system is going to push in Monday night, leading in towards our Tuesday. Wanted to show the cold Arctic air that's entrenched across the province as it settles. The northern and central half could see those wind chills minus 30 to minus 40. And this continues throughout the week, leading in towards our Christmas so far. The northern half of the province along the coast with those strong outflow winds will be into the minus 30s, 40s as we progress through the next few days. For the interior, it's really higher elevations that will see a significant amount of snow should start to ease off towards the morning. Much drier if you're drier conditions if you're planning on traveling through the afternoon and evening. Along the south coast, we are going to track that snowfall heavy at times through the day, especially for higher elevations. Five and up to ten, the Fraser Valley will see higher amounts between ten and up to twenty centimeters. So we are going to track that snowfall heavy at times for Sunday. Break for Monday. Next chance will be in towards our Tuesday so far. Julie. All right. Thank you, Yvonne. Well, getting a photo with Santa is a rite of passage for most Canadian children, but for some with more anxiety or those on the autism spectrum, the experience can be too overwhelming. Loud noises, bright lights, just too much for them to handle. We dim the lights if the child needs the parents to make special requirements in their bookings. Um, we're a little quieter, his ho 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 might not be quite as loud. Um, his interaction with the child is a little softer um, to make them feel comfortable. The Build a Furry Friend Toy Lodge in West Kelowna offers special bookings for children seeking a more sensitive Santa encounter. It can be a game changer for some kids with Santa doing what he can from talking to them about their special toys or blankets, singing a song or even reading a book. To, to give a really good experience, not just on the lap, get a picture, goodbye. It, as much time as they need. 
Photo sessions are entirely booked up for the season, but the build of Furry Friend Toy Lodge has already pre-booked Santa for next year. Well, Barry is here now, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, what you got coming up? Well, the, it is that time of year. It's holiday season. It's also cold and flu season, which could affect the Canucks tonight. Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson game time decisions. They haven't been feeling well of late, so we'll update you on that. Talk a bit about the Canucks' improved defensive play and an historic comeback win in the NFL. Highlights that you won't believe between the Colts and the Vikings coming up. Okay, thank you so much. Well, a Ukrainian family reunited in Alberta, leaving behind the ravages of war to start a new life. Their incredible story when we come back. A mother and daughter fleeing the war in Ukraine have been reunited with the girl's father in Calgary. And while the family is thrilled to be together again, their trauma continues. As Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports, four people in their community were killed just yesterday and family members struggle without heat and electricity. With the war raging in Ukraine, Oksana Konoplyo was faced with a heartbreaking decision. She left her husband and separated her daughter from her dad. It was a hard decision, to be honest, because I never uh, dreamed to leave my country. So my husband just said to me, you should go because of child. So. In June, Oksana and nine-year-old Dasha arrived in Calgary. They've been staying with a host family. I like to be here right now. I feel safety. It was hard six months without my husband, without parents, with low English. Last week, an early Christmas gift arrived at the airport. Oksana's husband, Max. <laughs> What's it like to have your dad back together? i so happy. Finally. I am calm inside me. <laughs> but the joy of the reunion has been curtailed by devastation back home in their city of Kriberich. Officials say four people, including a toddler, were killed when an apartment building was hit by Russian missiles. Oksana's parents are okay, but communication is limited. She feels helpless because they don't want to leave the only home they've ever known. I think it's so much scary because no language, just to live in one uh, house whole life. Russia has been pounding the power grid in Ukraine as part of efforts to leave Ukrainians in the dark and cold this winter. Max worries for his sister who lives in Dnipro. Uh, they don't have electrician, water and uh, heat, heat in, in the in-home. Max and Oksana are thankful for the support provided by their Calgary host family, but Wayne Leong says he's grateful to be able to help. It warms my heart to know that we can help some people, right? It's always nice to know that we're so fortunate in our world that we live in here and uh, to help someone else, um, we, take, we take freedom in Canada for granted. Despite the constant worry about the dangers family back home are facing and their own uncertain future here, this family knows the value of being safe and together. Will this be a good Christmas? Yeah, yes. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. Sports is on the way, and Barry will have more on the thrilling win by Croatia at the World Cup. Plus, we'll tell you about this travel companion that monitored the driving of a couple from Quadra Island later in the show. Stay with us. Support Covenant House Vancouver and triple your impact. Donate today and your gift will be matched for three times the impact to help with food, shelter, life skills training, and mental health care for youth overcoming homelessness. Head to BC Place to see Grammy Award-winning musician Ed Sheeran. 
Catch him in Vancouver on the Mathematics Tour on September 2nd with special guests Khaled and Macy Peters. Tickets and info online. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. RBC is brought to you by the BC Cancer Foundation, launching the most ambitious health campaign in BC's history. Together, we will go beyond belief. Barry is back, and uh, some key players out for the Canucks. Yeah, you Not can good. say that. Two of their better ones in uh, who knows how long. But, as they say, provides opportunity for others. Thanks, yes. Julie. Good seeing you again. Good to have you on the weekend. The uh, Canucks could be without or uh, without one or both of Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. It looks like both are not going to play tonight, just as of a few minutes ago. Both are struggling to recover from non-COVID illnesses. Uh, Besser missed the game in Calgary. Pettersson played on uh, that Wednesday night, but obviously wasn't feeling 100%. Canucks host Winnipeg tonight, face-off in about 25 minutes. So if uh, either of those guys can't play, we expect to see the Canucks debut for Lane Peterson. He has been the best player on the Abbotsford Canucks roster with 17 goals in 18 games. Peterson was the other player in the Ethan Bear deal. Peterson is only 25 but has played 44 NHL games split between San Jose and Arizona. But one of his teammates when he was with the Coyotes was Luke Shen, who is now his teammate here in Vancouver. He's been, he's been huge for me um, in my development just uh, through the, the time knowing him. Him and his brother, whole family. Um, you know, I had the chance to kind of get more of a hands-on approach this summer, uh, moving out to Kelowna and um, getting to be with him kind of day in, day out, and um, you know, showing me good habits of you know being a good pro and um, working on little things to you know try and improve my game. So um, he's been huge for me and. I'm um, pretty excited uh, that he's here. He's come to Abbotsford and he's kind of fit right in with the guys there. And I think um, Jeremy Colton, the whole coaching staff have been awesome for him and really trying to help him out and, and work to get better. And um, yeah, like I said, he's been given a good opportunity. He's, he's uh, you know, taking advantage of, of that opportunity and, and uh, scoring a few goals and getting some points. So um, the next step is obviously trying to do it at this level. Well, no matter who's in the lineup, the Canucks know they have to be better defensively the rest of this NHL season if they want to compete for the playoffs. They've been much better defensively on the road. Maybe that's why they have won their last six away from home, averaging about three goals against per game. That is much better than the four and a half they are giving up on home ice. Backlund forced in deep by Bear. Final minute of play of overtime. Bear with a hit on Backlund, able to steal the puck. For a team with the third worst goals against average in the league, holding the Flames scoreless for the last 41 minutes of regulation and overtime was a noticeable improvement over the loose and unreliable defensive play we've seen from the Canucks most of this season. Apparently, focusing on defense is a successful formula to win in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I think you see that. The stronger we play defensively, you know, the more looks we get on the offense. Um, you know, and that's what good teams do. you got to limit the chances against. But ultimately, the team we have here in the offensive power, uh, you know, those, those chances are going to take care of themselves. So we really focus on the defensive side and our team can flourish. I just think we just got to keep being desperate, desperate to win and um, just not get satisfied. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of good things. And, um, yeah, I want to run the road. So we just got to bring it home. Um, and, that, and that's it. That's as simple as it gets. Like, we just got to uh, make sure we make hard plays and uh, not try to be too, too fancy out there. Of course, the trick for the Canucks is to bring this kind of defensive effort every night, or at least most nights. It's not like Bruce Boudreaux hasn't tried to instill into this group that defense-first mentality. Well, you just keep repeating it as a coach that that's the way we want to play. And you keep repeating practices might get dull and boring, but it's... If you're doing the same thing all the time, then hopefully 
you get to learn those habits and you do them on a consistent basis. You'd hope that success breeds success. I mean, our, our focus the past couple of days have been compete. I mean, you guys saw it in that practice today, carries into the game. So again, it's about today showing up. Every time you step on the ice, doesn't matter what the occasion, being ready to play, being ready to compete and just win your battles. Launch up for the pass, tipped in front. Ricocheted off traffic. I think Horvat maybe got a stick on it and the Canucks get an early goal in Calgary to make a one nothing. Abbotsford Canucks played this afternoon in uh, Henderson, Nevada and lost 3-0, missing Lane Peterson's offense. Obviously, the uh, baby Canucks back home Tuesday night versus San Jose Barracuda. NHL today, Oilers and Ducks this afternoon from Edmonton. Second period, 2-1 Anaheim. Evan Bouchard coughs it up, and it's the former Oiler, Ryan Strom, racing in alone, snaps it past Stuart Skinner. 3-1 Ducks lead, but that vaunted Oiler power play gets them back into the game. Connor McDavid's pass bouncing off some Anaheim skates right to Ryan Nugent Hopkins for his 15th, and the Oilers within one at 3-2. And then in the third on another power play, Leon Dreisaitl. How many times have we seen this? A great feed to McDavid. That's his league-leading 28. Two more points for McDavid, who extends his point-scoring streak to 11 games. But the Ducks regain the lead. John Klingberg's uh, quick shot surprises Skinner, who should have had that one. 4-3, Ducks back in front. Edmonton peppered Ducks rookie goalie Lucas Dostal with 49 shots, 23 of them in the third. But Dostal preserves a rare Ducks win as they beat the Oilers 4-3. Meanwhile, in Washington, Alex Ovechkin a goal short of tying Gordie Howe's 8.01 for second on the all-time goal-scoring list. Second period, 2-1 caps. Evgeny Kuznetsov with a great setup for defenseman Eric Gustafsson, who gets his second of the game. 3-1 caps, all their goals by defenseman. Ovechkin had a couple of chances, but uh, this, this was Gustafsson's night. He completes his first-ever hat-trick. These are his first three goals of the year. That one... Hit the back crossbar. You can see on the overhead it was definitely in. Ovechkin urging everyone to throw the hats onto the ice. Caps win 5-2. No goal for Ovechkin still sitting at 800. NFL today, an absolutely incredible game in Minnesota between the Vikings and Colts. Vikings fans anticipating a win to clinch a playoff spot, but the Colts dominated. Kirk Cousins, a nightmare opening half, picked off here by Julian Blackman. The Colts led 33-0 at the half, 33. But the Vikings with an epic and now historical comeback. Fourth quarter now 36-21, Cousins to Adam Thielen. That made it 36-28, five minutes to go. After the Colts were stopped on fourth and inch, which would have sealed the game. The Vikings on the next play do this. Cousins to Dalvin Cook, who does the rest, explodes his way towards the end zone and dives in for the touchdown. The Vikings got the two-point conversion, and incredibly, after being down 33-0, tied it at 36, and the fans are ecstatic. It went to overtime, and in the dying seconds of OT, Greg Joseph, 40-yarder for the win, 39-36. It's the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL, and the Vikings clinch a playoff spot to boot, a day to remember in Minneapolis. World Cup third-place game between Croatia and Morocco, both in Canada's Group F. They played to a scoreless draw in their opening match of the tournament way back on November 23rd, but early goals in this one to report. Jasko Gavardal with the uh, flying header and the man in the mask has Croatia up 1-0, but just four minutes later, Ashraf Dari draws Morocco even, also from the set piece. It's 1-1, and then just before half, 
Croatia jump back in front. Mislav Orsic gets what proves to be the winning goal as Croatia take third place, 2-1 over Morocco. Tomorrow it is the championship final, Argentina versus France. That's a 7 a.m. start. Lacrosse last night at Rogers. Vancouver Warriors playing their home opener against the Calgary Roughnecks. And it was another rough night for the Warriors. Already down 2-0, Kyle Waters makes it 3-0. He had a four-point night. It was 6-0 Calgary before Vancouver finally scored. Mitch Jones giving uh, the fans something to cheer about. But the Warriors still trail by five. It was never close. Down 12-2 in the fourth. We'll show you this goal by Matt Delmonico. But Warriors get whacked 14-5. They're having a tough start. They're 0-3. They visit San Diego next week. Tiger and Charlie Woods playing together in the PNC Championship, one of 20 teams of family members playing a two-person scramble. Tiger chipping in for Eagle. Team Woods starting to roll, and then it's uh, Charlie's turn to make a big shot. He will drain the long birdie putt. Charlie is 13 now, I believe. Charlie actually bothered by a sore ankle, limped around a lot. Of course, Tiger's leg will be an issue from now on after that car accident, so they're taking the father-like-father-like-son thing to a new level. Tiger now with the long birdie putt. They were nine under through an eight-hole span, and then Tiger with a great approach here led to another birdie. Team Woods uh, shot a 13 under 59. They are two behind the leaders, Justin Thomas and his dad, Mike, and the final round goes tomorrow. And they'll be wearing their red tops and their black pants tomorrow because that's what they always wear right. on Sunday. Of course. Thank you so much, mm -hmm. Barry. Well, coming up next, a BC couple is joined by a feathery companion during their recent trip up north. Stay with us. From the stories we need to know to a look at what's happening right now around us. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News. Connect. An unexpected stowaway managed to find a new home with some Ukrainian newcomers. This new little kitten managed to crawl up into Marlene's car and hitch a ride from the village of Veteran to Calgary. That's around a four-hour trip. That night, the very hungry and scared feline meowed loudly <laughs> at the front door and was rescued. A newly arrived Ukrainian family heard about the story and picked up the kitten as a Christmas gift for their three boys. Aww. Great little story. <laughs> well, I like this one too. A couple from Quadra Island who recently drove from the Yukon was joined by a stunning guest on a part of their first trip. This is wild. Alex Lavoy and his girlfriend Jody Young were on the Dempster Highway in northern Yukon after having worked up there for six months. During their drive south, they were joined by a raven flying in unison with their vehicle. Lavoy says the bird flew alongside them for about 45 minutes. Wow. It came in and uh, my partner Jody was actually sleeping beside me. And about 30 seconds in, I was like, hey, this guy's not going anywhere. So I you know, pulled my phone out of my pocket, tossed it on her lap and was like, hey, Jody, you got to wake up and film this. It was our final trip down the Dempster. And she really viewed it as, wow, like this is going out with a bang. This is leading us out of where we are now and bringing us towards our next step, our next endeavor. The couple also fed the raven some cat treats when they stopped to feed their feline Maurice. The bird joined them again when they got back on the road, but eventually flew away.
I think that's a good omen. <laughs> a very good omen. What about this weather? To, what about this weather? Is that yeah. yeah, exactly. Is this uh, weather a good omen at all? It depends if we're into the snow or leading up to Christmas. It's going to feel winter-like. Final look at our five-day forecast. We are going to see those chilly temperatures leading all the way in towards our Thursday. But the heads up, snowfall for tomorrow, five and up to ten higher mounts along the Fraser Valley, and that will continue through the day. So be prepared. All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great night.